All right. Um, go ahead and open up your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5, and I'll give you a little bit of time to turn there. I uh, praise the Lord. I just got back this week. We were away, and uh, we were out at uh, a pastor's conference in, uh, in New Jersey, and, and uh, we just had a wonderful time. I tell you what, there's nothing quite like um, getting together and, and just sing, even singing that song, What a Day That Will Be, reminded me I was uh, in that service, there were, there were well over a thousand people uh, and most of them were, were Baptist preachers and their families, and, uh, and we were packed in that auditorium. I'm telling you, there was, not a, uh, there was no seats left in the auditorium, and some people still were sitting in the lobby, not as many this year as in years gone by, but, uh, but you get all those people together, and then the choir loft was just packed with their choir and special music, and, uh, and as I was sitting there thinking, I, I thought, as we, were, as we were singing the songs and, and worshiping the Lord during those services, I thought, this is just a little tiny piece of what heaven's going to be like. Because there's not even 10%, not even probably 1% of the Christians, born-again Christians, gathered in that place. Could you imagine when we get to heaven... What a day, what a reunion. I mean, they had a, uh, they had a wonderful uh, orchestra and, and, uh, and musicians and all of that. And I thought, that's not even 1% of the gathering of people that are going to be in heaven. And there will be musical instruments in heaven. And there will be uh, singing and praising the Lord in heaven. And, and I thought, what a phenomenal uh, time to look forward to. And then we sing that song, What a Day. That will be, boy, I, I tell you what, uh, heaven really does look sweet uh, compared to the things that we have here on this earth. What a blessing to know that we're headed to heaven uh, when we die. And so I, I had a wonderful meeting, and uh, I just thoroughly enjoyed it, and I uh, appreciate the opportunity to be able to go out there. And I uh, trust you folks had a good week here as well. I know the message was good. On Wednesday, I was able to uh, listen. I was in church while it was going on, but I, the next morning, as I was driving to the service, I, I listened to uh, as much of it as I could, and it was good, and I want to go back and listen to the rest of it from Wednesday. Uh, but, uh, but I trust you guys had a good week as well. Galatians chapter number 5, we are studying about the Holy Spirit, and uh, let's read our text and then I'll pray for our service, and uh, then we'll kind of get into our message here and, and the lesson that we're looking at, the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter number 5 and verse number 15, the Bible says, but if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. And so he's kind of talking about a little bit, at least about unity in the church. And he goes on in verse 16, he says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, 
idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. And so let's stop there and let's pray. Father, we thank you just for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity that we have to gather in your house around your word. God, I thank you for each and every person that's here this morning and, uh, and, and has separated their time, Father, to uh, be a part of uh, the church service this morning and have taken time out of their day, Father, to, uh, to honor you with their time and with their schedule. God, I pray that you'd bless the service this morning. God, I pray that you'd be with each and every Sunday school class and as all the children's classes are meeting and the uh, young adults and uh, all the uh, various classes, Father, that we have in our church that are meeting right now. God, I pray that you'd use each teacher and, uh, and use them, Father, as they teach your word. And we'll thank you for that. God, we'll be careful to give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As, uh, as we look at this passage, we started lesson last week on the Holy Spirit. And uh, I mentioned then that uh, whether you've been in church your whole life or maybe you've only been in church for a short while, uh, it, it is good to be acquainted with who the Holy Spirit is. Sometimes in this Christian life, and I've been in church my whole life, um, and sometimes in our Christian life, it is easy uh, to forget things. I mean, you look at the book, I remember in Bible college, I remember we would have tests over uh, the book of, of Genesis. We would take one book and we'd study it. And I remember our, our college professor, uh, I remember at that time he would say, uh, okay, he, you know, you're, there's going to be a test over Genesis chapter 1 through 10, and, uh, and maybe it was more than that, I don't remember. But, uh, and he would say, I'm going to give you an event and you need to tell me what chapter it happened in. And I'm thinking... Wow, that's like memorizing 10 chapters. And so sure enough, you know, he would, he would give us an event. Uh, in what place did, uh, uh, did Noah, in what chapter did Noah find grace in the eyes of the Lord? And, uh, and I had to put down, you know, Genesis chapter 6. And, uh, and sometimes he would tell you, you know, obscure things and things of that nature. And I remember just over the book of Genesis and thinking, man, that is a lot to learn. And in reality, if you think about the whole Bible, that was just one book of the Bible. There is a whole lot more. I read through, I strive to read through the Bible at least one time every single year. And in reading through the Bible, there are things that I see that I'm like, I know it's been in there, and I know I've read this because I've read this book I don't know how many times. And so I know I've read it in the past, but I don't recall seeing that before. And so what I'm saying is there's a lot of things 
to remember. And even if you've been saved and you've been in church for a long, long time, uh, sometimes there's some things that we don't realize about the Holy Spirit. And sometimes there's some uh, things that we need reminded of who the Holy Spirit is in our life and what his job and what his relationship to us is. And so even if you've been in church and, uh, and you've been grounded in the Word of God, I think it's good for us to become reacquainted with the work and person of the Holy Spirit in the Bible. And, uh, and last week, I bit off more than I could chew. I, uh, I, I got through one point of the lesson, and even at that, I, I felt like I was rushing. And so this week, I thought, you know what? I'm, we're going to slow down, and we're going to get material, and we're going to go through this, uh, because I believe it's important to understand what the Word of God is teaching us and, uh, and, and grasp what this is. And so uh, if we don't get through the lesson, you know what? It's more important to get the content than to get through a lesson and get through uh, the material that we have on hand, and we can always continue it. Last week, we covered uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit, uh, and that would be that the, the Holy Spirit is a gift to us, and the Holy Spirit is a promise by Christ. We looked at that. The Holy Spirit is received salvation. We looked at that. And the Holy Spirit is the seal of our salvation. And we looked at that. So we looked at those three points. And uh, this morning, we're going to uh, go on to the second point, And that is the growth in the Holy Spirit. So the first point was the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now we're going to look at the growth of the Holy Spirit. And in our passage that we read, uh, we're going to take and really look at this passage more so uh, than, than we did last week and understand uh, that we are to grow in the Holy Spirit. In other words, that we should, uh, in our Christian life, we ought to mature and we ought to grow as Christians. Um, my, my guess it would be my niece had a baby last week. And, uh, and we drove up there to see the newborn baby, and, and I, it's probably been, I don't know, well, my youngest is 12, so it's been at least 12 years since I held a newborn baby, and uh, maybe I've held one o over the last 12 years, I don't recall real well, but, uh, but I was holding my, uh, it would be, I guess, my great niece, I don't know, I'm not real good with all that family stuff. Once you get past my, uh, my brother and my sister and my uncle and my cousin, I, I start to lose track of how you keep track of it, but, but I was holding that little baby. And I was sitting there and I was like, man, they are, they're so small and they're so precious and, and they're so dependent. I mean, you have to do everything for them. You have to feed them. You have to bathe them. You have to take care of them. And, and then I'm, I'm looking at my other daughters and I'm like, and then they get big like that. And, and, and praise the Lord, you don't, have to, you don't have to do all of that. You don't have to feed them, and you don't have to take care of them. I mean, there's still a lot of work, don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, I'm still running kids to work and doing this, and I feel like I'm, I'm managing a fleet of vehicles for my children and, and trying to keep up. Did you change your oil? Did you check your air tire? Did you do all this? And, you know, staying on top of everything that they, don't, that they need to learn. And, and, uh, and so, but at the same time, I'm glad that I'm not feeding them. I'm glad that they've grown and that they're able to take care of themselves and, and there's a lot of things that they do for themselves. And listen, in Christianity, it is the same way. God gives us the Holy Spirit, but we ought to grow in our Christian life and in our Christian walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and yes, when we first get saved, we kind of are like a newborn baby and everything is new to us and we don't always understand everything. And just learning to read the Bible becomes a new thing for us. 
us. But after we've been saved for a while, listen, we ought to grow into uh, learning to read the Bible and learning to pray and learning to uh, have the fundamentals of Christianity down so that we can do those things. And so there ought to be some growth in our Christian life. And growth is vital for avoiding fleshly living. If you look in these verses... This is some basic stuff that Paul is giving us. And he says in verse number 16, he says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Now, what exactly does that mean, to walk in the Spirit? And that's what I want us to understand, is what is walking in the Spirit? Do you understand that that God wants to have a relationship with you? He wants to walk with you on a daily basis. He wants to spend time with you. Um, and, and, and walking is just a wonderful illustration and a way of spending time with somebody else. You know, when you're walking, uh, it's easy to carry on a conversation because you're not uh, preoccupied with other stuff. So you just kind of walk and you, you carry on a conversation with somebody else. And that's what God wants with us. Save your spot here in Galatians, but... Uh, You don't have to go back there necessarily, but in Genesis chapter number three, you remember when God had created Adam and Eve and he had placed them in the Garden of Eden and and he had given Adam, of course, specific work to do there in the garden and and God had spent some time with Adam and Eve and, uh, and after the serpent had come and tempted Eve to eat of the fruit that she was not supposed to eat of. Uh, Now, we like to think it was an apple. The Bible doesn't say it was an apple. We really have no idea what fruit it was. Honestly, it could have been an exotic fruit that is no more. Uh, We really don't know what it was. And um, I'm tempted to tell you about all the exotic fruits I ate in Peru, but I don't even know what they all were. So we'll just avoid that. But, uh, uh, but, but we don't even know what the fruit was that she did eat, but, but she ate the fruit and she sinned. And then she gave it to Adam, and Adam also ate the fruit, and they both sinned. But after that, in verse 8, in Genesis chapter 3, verse number 8, look at what it says. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. I want you to understand this little truth out of this little verse is that God came down to the garden and He, I believe, walked physically with Adam and Eve and talked with them. And I, I, why you say that? Well, it says that, that He, look at what it says again. And and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now, the Bible says that they hid themselves. Why did they hide themselves? They hid themselves because they had sinned against God. They knew that. They were smitten in their conscience, and, uh, and, and they understood, whoa, we have broken God's command. And, uh, and at that point, they were actually scared to talk to or see God. But other than that, it seems like a normal occurrence. Now, this is just my opinion, that God would come down and that He would walk with them on a regular basis. But that's really what it seems like. And it seems like a normal thing that he would descend and he would talk with man. And let me tell you something. God desires to have a relationship with each and every person in this room. God desires to have a a relationship with each and every person who is saved and born again. And and he says in Galatians 5.16, walk in the Spirit. 
That would be that we would walk with God every single day of our lives. That's what God desires. That's what God wants of us. And it ought to be something that, uh, that we do on a regular basis. Uh, what is walking in the Spirit uh, is that walking in the Spirit is starting every day with a desire to please the Lord. When you get up in the morning, I want you to do this. Think, God, ask God, say, God, I want to serve you today. If you don't, if you don't do that, if you get up in the morning... You know what you're going to do? You're going to do what you always do. And, and, and you're going to live the life the way you always live your life. And, and we're going to look at that this morning. But if you get up and you start your life in the morning and you say, God, I want to walk with you today. I want to please you. I want to live my life in accordance to your word today. And I need your help to do that. Um, it will change your life. It will change the way you live your life. The old question uh, that, that, that goes way back uh, says, what would Jesus do? As you go through your life and, and, uh, and somebody cuts you off in traffic and you say, what would Jesus do? We were listening to a preacher, a, a very well-known, renowned preacher, and um, <laughs> he was telling the stories. He's, he's very well-known. Uh, travels all over and preaches all over. And, and he was telling about a couple situations where uh, he had traveled and, and things had not gone well for him. And, and he was left in a bad set of circumstances and, and he was upset. And, and, uh, and, and whoever it was uh, waiting on him or, or taking care of him, uh, he just chewed them out. I think it was hotel receptionist, if I remember correctly. And uh, he just chewed him out. He just, he, he was tired. He was, he was aggravated. And, and, and he just let them have it. And, uh, and when he was all done, he said, he said, do you have anything to say? And, uh, and she said, well, I just have one thing since you did ask. She said, are, are you, and, and she said his name, David Gibbs, the renowned preacher. And he, he, he slapped his forehead and he knew he was totally wrong in what he did. And he's like, you know what? I allowed my flesh to take over. And I just, he said, I felt so bad. And he said, I went down to that lobby. And he said, I, I apologize to that girl. She was a, she was a Bible college student, was, was studying to serve the Lord of all of the things. And he said, he said, man, he said, I felt bad. Listen, if you allow your flesh to take over, that's what will happen. You'll, you'll just live your life like you always do and with, with no difference and with no change. But if you allow God and you say, God, help me, and you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Listen, you're not going to be perfect. We're not, we are not perfect people. But you will be striving to do the best that you can and shooting for walking with the Lord Jesus Christ on a regular basis. Look with me at verse number 17. And let's look at, he goes into this list. And, and we're going to go through this list this morning. And, uh, and it is the works of the flesh. So we see walking in the Spirit that God does want to walk with us. And we need to walk with Him. And we need to allow Him to have first place in our life. But, but let's look at the works of the flesh that he lists here in verse number 17. He says, For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit... And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. 
Understand that in you, uh, we still have our flesh. When you get saved, uh, you still have your fleshly desires. They are still there. Uh, you still have a desire for, uh, for things that are not right. And, and then, listen, on top of that, the Holy Spirit moves inside of you, and He desires to do what is right. And so now you've got this battle inside of you uh, of a desire to do right, but yet a flesh that constantly pulls you to do wrong. And the Bible says that these are contrary the one to the other. So there's no way that you can, you can please the flesh and please God. Understand that. They are, they are diametrically posed. And you cannot please God and please the flesh. They are two separate things. So we need to understand that they are separate. Look with me at verse number... 19, as he gets into the list, he says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these? He said, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. Now all four of those uh, can be categorized under sexual sins. Uh, that's what they are. Adultery, we know what that is to married people uh, that are married to other people um, having relations. Fornication, unmarried people or, uh, having relations, sexual relations. Uncleanness, that would be filthiness, lasciviousness. Now, I had to look that up, okay? I didn't know what that meant either. You're looking at that and you're saying, lasciviousness, what on earth does that mean? And never mind that, uh, is, it even, how do you, is that how you say that? And uh, I, I learned it a long time ago, lasciviousness, and so uh, I believe that's how it is pronounced. Lasciviousness is this, it's lewd or lustful. So all, all four of those really fit into a perverse uh, category of sexual sins. Listen, by the way, that's what our society has gone absolutely haywire on that point right there. I mean, it is everywhere, and, uh, and it is const- we are constantly uh, barraged with, uh, with all of those kind of thoughts and ideas. It's on TV, it's on the radio. You cannot, you cannot drive down the road hardly without being assaulted with those kind of temptations. They are everywhere. They are out there. Uh, and unless you lock yourself in your house and you cut the cable to the internet and cut the cable to your TV and cut the table to your telephone, uh, you will face these kind of temptations. And, and the Bible says that these are the lusts of the flesh, really. And so we see those. Look with me. The next list, he says, um, I'll put them into this order, uh, idolatry and witchcraft. So the first set uh, was sexual sins. The second set are spiritual sins. What is idolatry? Idolatry is worshiping an idol. Um, and, and really, we kn- that is the bottom line of idolatry. You could broaden that a little bit and say anything that you elevate above God. And so you could say, hey, if you're putting stuff before God, it becomes an idol in your life. It becomes more important than God. And these are spiritual sins. Uh, These are problems. What's the next thing he says in there? Not only idolatry, but witchcraft. Uh, Now, we may not, we, we right here may not know a lot about witchcraft, but I rest assured there is an undercurrent of it in our society that runs around today. Just because we don't know about it or it's not prevalent in our life does not mean it does not exist around us. It is. This is not just in Africa or in Haiti or in some of those foreign countries that you hear about. This exists in America. 
Uh, I mean, all you, the, the, the TV shows that have run rampant, the witchcraft and, and sorcery, and, and I mean, it's all over, and, and it's being propagated right here in America. What is witchcraft simply said? It is this, uh, it, it is sorcery, enchantment, uh, or intercourse with evil spirits. In other words, some kind of uh, interaction with evil spirits. And, uh, and let, me, let, me re- let me assure you, that does go on. Uh, and it, it always amazes me as I drive around uh, and I see like uh, poem reading and, and in the, it used to be a thing, I guess it's probably not a thing anymore, in the paper, you know, they used to have your, the, the what is the, uh, yes, that, that horoscope, thank you, I could not think of the word, uh, the horoscope and, and you have all that stuff that, that's all tied into witchcraft and, and worship and those are spiritual sins, those are those are elevating, that is really degrading God and saying, you know what, God's not really in control, it's this or that or some other thing. And those are spiritual sins against God. So we have the sexual sins that we looked at. We have the spiritual sins. Look at these next few. These I put down for sentimental sins. And I don't know if they're all in order here on my list, I put them down. But it's hatred. Sentimental sins would be feeling sins. Hatred. Variance. What is variance? Variance means disagreement, dissension, or discord. Um, you know, some people are, are really tempted with, uh, with, with fighting with other people, with just disagreeing. In my family, we, uh, we joke a lot, and, and, uh, and, and you know, there, as in many families, there's a lot of back and forth. When you have, when you have several kids, there's always back and forth. It's this and that, and, and, uh, and, and some of it's half-hearted and light and joking and stuff like that. And, uh, but, but some people really have a problem with, man, they like to be on edge, and they like to uh, really cast down somebody else and prove, well, I was right. And, uh, and that is kind of the base of disagreement and dissension and discord. And uh, on Wednesday nights, we've been going through the book of Proverbs for quite some time. And we've covered dissension and discord quite a bit uh, and even disagreement. So that's variance. That's what that means. And then uh, we see as well emulations. Emulations, what does that mean? Well, emulations is jealous rivalry. Uh, In other words, being jealous of somebody else and rivaling for their position. And we're not talking about a friendly thing here. We're talking about uh, an actual jealous rivalry, and that takes place. And then wrath, we know that would be anger. Envying, so that would be envying, uh, being envious of somebody else's position or something of that nature. And then strife, we also know that that would uh, be, you know, just arguing and going back and forth. And so those are sentimental sins. In other words, many times it's, it's uh, more so about the attitude of the person and the thought process of the person. And, and listen, sometimes we think sins are only exterior. Now, there's sins that are interior as well. There's sins of the heart. There's sins of the emotion. There's sins of the sentiment. There's sins uh, that, that take place uh, on the inside that other people can't necessarily see that we need to be aware of. And they are fleshly. These are the works of the flesh. They're sexual sins, spiritual sins. They're sentimental sins. And then lastly, he ends the list with shown sins. That would be outward sins. Uh, that would be things that people physically can see. That would be seditions. What is a sedition? Um, it's an uprising against authority. Uh, you would see it maybe as a riot or maybe as a, uh, uh, an overthrow of some form of authority. And uh, that would be a sedition. 
Uh, heresies. What are heresies? Heresies are false teachings. In other words, somebody going around and spreading something that is false and teaching things that are not right. Murders, we know what that is. Drunkenness, we know what that is. Uh, revelings, uh, I had to look that word up too. What is revelings? Revelings is wild, loose partying. And so uh, that is what our flesh desires. Those are those those. Sins there are outward sins. They're shown sins, sins that can be seen. And uh, uh, listen, as we, as we look at this list and as we think about these, um, we've kind of mentioned all of them and we've kind of gone through them. One of these may be a weakness to you while others may not, uh, but they're all sin. You might struggle with one area. Maybe, maybe somebody struggles with drunkenness. Listen, somebody who has, has drank alcohol will struggle with that. I'm told for the rest of their life and every now and then, even after years of not drinking, they'll be tempted with that same thing. Why is that? Well, some people struggle with, with something that tempts you, may not tempt somebody else, but you can mark it down. All of us have something in that list that we struggle with in our life, and it is a sin. And so just because some guy's sin is outwardly and shown, and maybe somebody else's is hatred or variance or some other uh, emulation or inside sin that that people can't see, sentimental sin, uh, doesn't make one better than the other. The Bible is very clear that we're all sinners. And these are the works of the flesh. And if we allow our flesh to, if we get up in the morning and live life the way we always do, then this is the category that we'll fall into. All this list of sins. I was telling somebody, uh, some, uh, I was talking to somebody this uh, past week or so, I don't remember when exactly, and, and they said, well, we didn't, we didn't mean to go to that direction, and, and we, we, we certainly didn't want to go that direction. Listen, that's how sin works in your life. You don't, you don't, nobody gets up and says, hey, I think today I'm going uh, to go hate somebody today. No, it's something that crops up inside of you, and you have to purposefully say, I'm not going to follow my flesh today. I'm not going to allow my flesh to have control. And if you don't do that, then your flesh will have control and you will fall into this category in one or more than one of these things uh, that, are, that are the works of the flesh. And the Bible says this, and I gave this verse earlier uh, in James 1.14. It says, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. That means that some people, what lures someone may not lure you. And, uh, and I said this, that listen, the devil is an expert fisherman. You know, fishermen, depending on what you're fishing for, you use the right bait to catch the right fish. And if you're going to catch one fish, uh, you might not use a bait. And uh, you might use something else. And, and one fish might swim by that and say, man, that's not interesting at all. Another fish might swim by that and say, man, that's, that looks like dinner right there. And nab it up. Listen, the devil is an expert fisherman. He's been around for more than, uh, he's not all-knowing and he's not all-powerful like God is, but he has been around for a long time and he has been at this for uh, close to 6,000 years and he pretty much knows how to read people. And he knows what tempts you. And it's not difficult for him to, to throw out the right bait. And the Bible says, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So what entices you may not entice somebody else. But we do need to understand that, hey, every person is enticed by sin. We need to be aware of that. 
And growth is, is vital for avoiding fleshly living. And we need to learn to walk in the Spirit so that we can avoid this list, the works of the flesh. And so, uh, not only that, but growth is evident of our salvation. Turn with me to Matthew chapter number 7. Go with me to Matthew 7. Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 15. We're just going to take a little portion out of the scripture here and, and look at it. Matthew 7, 15 and verse 20, down through 23, 15 through 23. Jesus is giving some, some instruction. And, uh, and he says this in, in verse number 15. He says, beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. There. That wherefore, by their fruits, ye shall know them. Let's stop right there. So we see that, uh, that, that there are this idea is that, hey, Jesus is giving warning that there are false prophets. What's a false prophet? False teachers. Uh, those who would go out and, and teach false things. The Bible says in 2 Peter 2, 1 and 2, it says, uh, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there were shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring upon them swift destruction, and many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the ways of truth shall be evil spoken of. And, uh, and so there is a warning. Jesus is giving warning. There are false teachers. Has it ever, is anybody else boggled? I'm, I'm blown away many times as I, I drive around and, uh, and I think about and I look at the, uh, can I say it this way, the religious scene in America. And I was the same way in Peru. Uh, very religious. I mean, religion permeates our society. But at the same time, sin and wickedness permeates our society. There's something wrong with that. Those two things, according to Galatians chapter 5 uh, and verse number 17, say those things are contrary. They can't go. There's something wrong with that. You can't have a true spirit and, and, and then fleshly wicked works that are taking place in our society. There's something wrong with that. And so uh, as I, I look at the religious scene and I look at all of the different religions and I think, man, there's obviously there has to be some false teachers out there. And that's what Jesus is warning about. He's saying, listen, beware, there are false teachers who exist out there. And he goes on and he gives them a directive. How can you know that? Verse number 16, ye shall know them by their fruits. Then he gives an illustration. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? And, uh, and listen, I can tell you this, that uh, grapes don't grow. Uh, they grow on a vine. They don't grow on a thorny vine. You can go out there and you can grab a hold of the vine. There's no thorns in it. I, I despise 
thorny plants. I don't like rose bushes because they're thorny. I don't like thorns. I don't like to brush up against them and get poked by them and get stuck by them and get cut by them. I don't like that. And, uh, and so I know grapes, hey, you go out there and there is no problem, man. You can grab grapes and you are not going to get stuck. Same thing with figs. Figs grow on a tree. And, uh, and we had one in Italy. And uh, there were no thorns on that tree. And I was very glad about that. I don't like thorny trees. Uh, our, I think it was lemon tree, I think, might have had thorns on it. I can't remember. One of those citrus plants, I don't remember which one it was, had thorns on it. I didn't like that, that tree very much. And... Um, Sour fruit anyways. Why you want that, I don't know. You want sweet fruit, all right? Uh, but, uh, uh, but we see that he says, listen, he gives an illustration. He says, listen, men don't go gather grapes of thorns. In other words, uh, the, this fruit that he names comes with, with a, good, a good plant that does not bear any kind of damage to them. Then he goes on and he says, even so, every good tree bringeth forth Good fruit. Listen, if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you are going to produce good fruit in your life. That's the bottom line. Um, and, and it is an evidence of your salvation. Does that mean that you'll never sin and you'll never do wrong? No, you will do wrong. But I tell you what, you will never be happy about doing that wrong. Some of the most miserable people on the face of the earth are Christians living outside of the will of God. Because they know they're not right. They know they're, they're not doing what God wants them to do. Uh, and so they're not happy with themselves, and neither can they be. By the way, one of the fruit of the Spirit is joy. And you can't be happy outside of God's will. You can't be happy uh, living in the flesh and doing wrong. And, and so an evidence of your salvation is the fact that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, and He convicts you of your sin. And so we understand that uh, it is an evidence of salvation. By the way, you will never go up to an apple tree and pull an orange out of it. it that doesn't exist. We had several, um, several fruit trees in our yard in Italy, and, and uh, I kind of liked it, to be honest with you. It was kind of nice having fruit grow right off the trees to go out and pick stuff and eat fresh fruit. It was just really good, and, and I, it was something I enjoyed. And, uh, but I tell you what, I never once went out and pulled a fig off the lemon tree. I never went out and pulled uh, a lemon off the orange tree. I never went out and pulled olives off of the fig tree. Uh, each tree bears their respective fruit. Even if you don't know the difference between the, 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 uh, the leaves and, and the branches and the, uh, the type of bark, you will know the difference once the fruit comes out. And so a tree might look like a tree to you, and you might not know until it actually bears fruit. And there were several trees in my yard that I didn't know what they were until they started bearing fruit. And, and I said, oh, it's an orange tree. Oh, that's a lemon tree. Oh, that's a fig tree. And, uh, and you figure out what they are. And listen, some people uh, will, will look good. Uh, the Bible says here in, in our verse, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. In other words, they'll look good, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. And so he's saying, listen, that their fruit is going to be visible and you will know them by their fruit. Let me say this as well, uh, that there's fallibility. And I kind of covered this a little bit. Um, and, and some people... As we grow in our life, our fruit gets a little bit better. And sometimes, uh, sometimes, as I said, you will sin and you will mess up. And you will have, as we saw, the works of the flesh in our life. But listen, we ought to be striving to do what is right. 
We ought to be, uh, be striving to walk in the Spirit. And so this growth in the Holy Spirit is evidence of our salvation. It proves that we are saved. Uh, let's look at one more back at our text in, in Galatians 5.16. It says this, uh, that growth is produced as we walk in the Spirit. We kind of, this sums it all up, but it says there in Galatians 5.16, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. He goes on in verse 17, and he says, For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. In other words, the flesh and the spirit are totally opposite. And, and growth is produced as you walk in the spirit, as you develop habits. You know, habits in our life, uh, many times we think habits and we think bad habits. But listen, there's good habits that we, we develop in our life too. Um, one of the good habits that I I've have in my life is going to church on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. And I tell you what, in all honesty, when when COVID hit and 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 things were shut down and Sunday morning, uh, I didn't even have to get up and go to church. I'm like, this is really weird. And I, I yeah, I mean, I watched I, I, I had to make the services, but I mean, I also sat down and watched the services online and and I was just like. This is still just weird. And, and I fear that a lot of people really have fallen out of the habit of coming to church. And, and it is a good habit to be in, to come to church. Listen, just because uh, it's, it's habit forming, and sometimes there, there's good habits that are formed. And sometimes you don't always come for the right reason. But hey, I'm glad you're here, and hopefully God will get a hold of your heart. Sometimes I come, and, and uh, I'm not here for the right reason. And you know what? God gets a hold of my heart and says, hey, this is the reason that we're here today to praise the Lord and to glorify Him and to hear from heaven and to learn the Word of God. And, and, and so uh, those habits are good things. And we understand that, listen, the two are absolutely opposed. The Spirit of God and the flesh, the works of the flesh, are totally different. And, uh, and that's what he's saying there in verse 17, that they're totally opposite. He goes on in verse number 22. And he gives us what is the, the fruit of the Spirit, the evidence that the Holy Spirit is in us. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Well, that list is totally opposed to that first list we looked at. I mean, there was no joy, there was no love, there was no peace, there was no long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance in the first list. The first list was uh, all about the, the, the deeds of our flesh, but the second list is a list of things that the Holy Spirit produces in our life. When we get up and we say, God, help me to walk with you today, help me to live my life in accordance to your word today, help me to walk in the Spirit. Then all of a sudden, that guy cuts you off in traffic. You ever driven in New Jersey traffic? Man, it's aggravating. It's not quite as bad as Lima traffic, but it's still bad. You're driving in traffic, and that guy cuts you off, and you get mad. Or, or if, if you've driven in heavy traffic for a while, and you're like, man, you know, when two lanes come down and merge, you're like, man, I ain't letting that guy in. 
Are you kidding me? He just flew all the way up that lane and expected me to let him in. I'm not letting him in. He needs to wait his turn. He should have merged way back there two miles ago where all the rest of us merged. That's our fleshly reaction. That's what our flesh wants to say. And, and, um, and that's the reaction of our flesh. But what about love, joy, peace, meekness, long-sufferance? All of those things that the Spirit says within us. I, uh, <laughs> I, we pulled into New Jersey where the meeting was, and I, I, I have, I've been out of Prague. I've been in Ohio. Okay, Ohio is laid back. You, you might think, well, traffic is bad here. I'll drive in Canton. I'll drive in North Canton. I'll, I'll go to Akron. It, it's not that bad. But, but man, you go to Jersey, and, and it's a different style of driving. And, and, uh, and I, I'm just out of practice. I don't city drive that much, and I don't miss it at all, to be honest with you. And, uh, and uh, I was driving, and and. I don't, this, this person come, there's a two lane, we're in town. And, and this person come flying up behind me, um, shot over in the other lane and, uh, and tried to get up. And I was just getting up behind this other, I don't know what it was, another vehicle. And they could not get in front of me. And they, they got mad. And, and I, I, I went to like let them in or something. And, and, and we end up we end up doing, you know how you walk up to somebody and you both step to the same side and then you both step back to the same side? That's kind of what we were doing in cars, you know. They, they were trying to go and let them and then I was like, guess they're not going to go. So I went and then they went to get over and then I backed off and, and it, was, it was something like that. And, and finally they, they, they got fed up with it and they, they slammed on their brakes and I went by and they went over two lanes and, and flew by me and pulled up beside me and slammed on their brakes and stopped and waved at me with one finger. And... I was like, sorry, I was, you know, it is what it is. And they went on, I thought, they, it took more time out of their schedule to stop and insult me than just to keep going. But that's the flesh. You know, that's, that's, that's what the flesh, that's how the flesh reacts. We get upset with people. We, we get angry. And, and, uh, and that happens. And, and I didn't wave back. Uh, I heard one preacher say, um, he said, people are so nice in this city. They all, they all give me uh, the one finger wave, and I just wave back with the whole flock. I said, I didn't, I, I, I just, you know, I, I kind of felt bad because I, it was goofy, the whole situation. But listen, that's the way our flesh responds to things. We get upset, and, and if we don't walk in the Spirit, that's, that's the way we'll react to things. Maybe not as, 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 uh, as bad, but we'll still on the inside, whether or not we do the action, sometimes we think those same ideas and same thoughts. And so we need to walk in the Spirit so that we will not fulfill the works of the flesh in our life. And that's what the idea of the Holy Spirit is, that He lives inside of us, that He will help us, that He will control us. And when we want to get angry, when we want to get upset, and we say, God, help me to live my life in accordance to Your Word and to do what you want me to do. With every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet. Father, thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit that you give to us, those who are born again. And God, that we can walk in the Spirit. Oh God, we're not perfect. We know that. But help us to live in accordance to your word.
Give us the grace, the strength. Help us to allow the Spirit to work in our life and to subdue the passions and desires of the flesh. Help us to deny ourselves and to walk in the Spirit and display the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, meekness, temperance, these fruit that people could see you in our life. And Father, we'll thank you for that. And God will be careful to give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. As Mr. Coons plays the piano, the altar's open. If God's spoken to your heart, take a moment and ask God to help you to walk in the, the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. to a